Peace and blessings, everybody. You're listening to The Good Brother Experience, where it is I, the good brother, the original black man. I am Reek. What you doing? How you doing? How you been? Are you in a good mood? Probably not, because you're not hydrated. If you're going to lie to somebody, lie to me. But don't lie to yourself. That's toxic. And that's interpersonal toxicity. That's something that you don't have to deal with. Just put your water in your soul, man. What are you being thirsty for? There's plenty of water to go around. You got core. You got a center. Even if you got to drink Poland Spring, fuck it. Just get some water in that system of yours and stop being a dummy. I know we just got finished uh, having the first weekend of July. Uh, I believe Saturday was the fourth day of July prior to the 5th, after the 3rd, nothing special about that day in particular. But if you just so happen to be drinking on the first weekend of July, now is the time for you to hydrate yourself properly. Uh, Secondarily, I need for you to rate, review, and subscribe to my program. If you give me anything less than 5th stars, I would have to believe that you have hatred in your bloodstream and your parents raised you better than that. Last but not least, please email me goodbrotherexperience at yahoo.com uh after i want to say three or so weeks ago when i didn't have enough emails the emails have been flowing in this is what i like to see goodbrotherexperience at yahoo.com you speak to me i speak to you we speak to each other and we have like an ecosystem going on here to where we're just communicating with one another via my program all right a lot of things have been going down I'm recording this on the 6th of July, uh, six days after the 1st of July. Nothing really special happened over the weekend, nothing celebratory or there was no holiday that I know of that happened this weekend. You know, it was just a regular ass weekend. But today I have to highlight some black excellence. Patrick Mahomes got $400 million as the Chiefs quarterback. Now, I understand that I have a listenership that might not be too sports savvy, so I'm just going to touch on this just a tad because I'm super duper into sports. Even if you're not into sports, just follow me real quick. Maybe you don't know about football. Maybe you're not into football, but you're aware of what football is. And football is the most violent sport that we have as far as like a team sport is concerned. Now, it's not more dangerous than MMA or is not more dangerous probably than NASCAR or maybe it's not more dangerous than uh, bull riding. But as far as a team sport, it is the most violent team sport in America because I don't believe that rugby uh, is a popularized sport in uh, the United States. So I say I had to say, to give a man a 10-year contract for the most violent team sport in America, at first I was excited. Because they gave him $400 million, right? Now, $400 million over 10 years presumably is a lot of money. I don't have $400 million. I'll bet my bottom dollar that the person listening to my program right now doesn't have $400 million. And even accruing $400 million over 10 years is absurd, right? But something was brought to my attention. What if Patrick Mahomes was finessed out the deal? Hear me out. First and foremost, we don't know how much was guaranteed. Because the one thing about football that they never tell you is they can throw whatever number they want at you. 
but there's different stipulations in your contract to where they don't necessarily have to pay you that money if something happens to you. You know what I'm saying? So I want to know, no matter what happens to him, how much of that $400 million is guaranteed. Here's another thing. He's being revered as the best arm talent the NFL has ever seen. Now, I know with Corona, a lot of money has gone by the wayside and things won't be as profitable as before because a lot of the money that athletes have to depend on is crowd attendance, which is why I find it so hilarious when athletes start shitting on fans, but it's actually us that pay your salary. We're the people giving you those views. We're the people that's putting money, I mean, putting butts in the seats. We're the people buying merchandise. These are all things that get incorporated into your contract, how valuable you are as a person, right? So if he's revered as the best arm talent in NFL history, he did Kansas City a solid with winning them a Super Bowl. That never happened before. So he broke down history. He's in the record books of that alone. If you gave the state of Missouri something that they've, that they've never received before, and your most talented person at that position, is $400 million over 10 years actually worth it? How much money are you generating to the Kansas City Chiefs? Now, on the opposite spectrum, they could be like, yo, I mean, you can say we're trying to undersell you all you want, but this is still a job. Jobs have contracts. Jobs have salaries. Where else are you getting $400 million to play football? We'll sit here and wait. And they would have a point. But my thing is, why would you even accept to be somewhere for 10 years? We just saw the last chance document. I mean, the last dance documentary. We just saw Scottie Pippen like, yo, I need security for me and my family. I need, yo, give me seven years. And niggas was looking at him like, yo, bro, nobody signed seven year contracts, my nigga. What the fuck are you doing? So with the last dance documentary just coming out with Michael Jordan, how do you watch that documentary? Watch all the memes about Scottie Pippen. Then agree to a 10-year deal. Like how? It's all about capturing as much money as you can while you can get it. Now on one hand, maybe he's like, yo, I play football. Niggas might break my leg next season. You never know. These niggas tackle hard as hell. I need to make sure I'm good money. So if I need a year or two to rehab, I still got the money coming in on some John Wall shit for everybody that's into basketball. Another spectrum, it's like, hey. I can make way more money than I can. You guys, you guys are probably benefiting from me being locked down for 10 years, $400 million. Or maybe he's like, you know what? We're going to need offensive line. We're going to need this. We're going to need that. We're going to need receivers. If they have me on the books and there's no uncertainty of what I'll do, probably for the majority of my career, if I'm locked in and niggas can put this shit into the accounting budget, you guys can allocate the rest of the resources accordingly. I don't know. It's a little dual sided. I got to put um I got to put more thought into it. Anywho, shout out to him. That was something that was definitely dope. Something else that's come across my attention is TI challenging 50 Cent to a uh, a versus. And you know, I was very vocal about this on Twitter, but I know my listenership isn't aware of Twitter because everybody that's listening to me doesn't have Twitter. So I'll say it to you guys. Ross, I'm sorry, because I want Ross and T.I. to actually battle. T.I. is going to lose to 50 Cent. And he's going to lose to 50 Cent in spectacular fashion. 
for one reason in particular. T.I. was a doper and is a doper artist for a longer period of time. D.I. has a more extensive catalog than 50 Cent. T.I. has more music out than 50 Cent. T.I. has more dope songs than 50 Cent. But T.I.'s best 20 is nowhere near close to 50 Cent's top 20. And we need to sit and really relax, okay? It's not like how it was when this shit first started happening, when there was really no rules and niggas can just play songs for two hours until they didn't feel like playing songs no more. Because I believe that 50 Cent would lose steam before T.I. lost steam. But if T.I. chooses his best 20 versus 50 Cent's top 20, T.I. doesn't stand a chance. I had some people uh, from Texas, from D.C., Florida, Atlanta, whatever have you, saying that 50 Cent is only appreciated up north. And they're talking about 50 Cent like this nigga's Red Cafe, or he's Papoose or something, or My Son, or fucking Talib Kweli. We're talking about 50 Cent, my nigga. You, you mean this, really hear me out. Just don't cut me off. Just really listen to this. You think T.I. is a part of or made 20 doper songs than 50 Cent? Now I understand that we're in a society to where it's very microwave and it's all about what have you done for me lately and what is the last thing you did and the the newest 50 cent song that we've probably all heard is big rich town and i understand but we gotta make it seem like 2003 to 2010 didn't exist for that seven year run sorry about that 50 was fucking bugging now the great thing about this particular argument is ti and 50 Cent pretty much got popping around the same time. I mean, I know 50 shot through the roof, but just about just like popularity is concerned and being into the public light and winning Grammys and all kind of shit. It all started around as far as like I know 50 had like mixtapes and whatever. And he, he was signed to a bad deal before linking with Dr. Dre. But as far as being popping, it all happened around the 2002-2003 area. For both of them. And if you fucking are going to sit here and tell me that T.I.'s prime is greater than 50 Cent's prime, all of you guys are smoking crack. Now, if you're not a fan of 50's music, okay, cool, I can get with that. But the cultural impact of 50 Cent is unprecedented. 50 Cent has like 10 songs that's automatic W's. What's gonna, what is T.I. going to play if 50 Cent plays Heat? And Heat's a B-side record. What is he going to do when he plays Many Men? What is he going to do when he plays Disco Inferno? Nigga, what the fuck is he going to do when he plays Wankster? What is he going to do? Oh, shouty, it's your birthday. Like, he, Chad does not have no answer for those songs. And that's like 40% of the battle. So, I don't know. Then you have G-Unit cuts. Then you have fucking shit with Game. Then you just have uh, remixes that this nigga's been on, like on the low. Like, I don't know, man. Niggas is bugging the fuck out thinking that 50 Cent's going to lose to fucking T.I. But T.I. was doper for a longer period of time. So maybe you guys are really thinking like, hmm, Reek is calling T.I. whack. T.I. is dope as hell. T.I.'s a legend. Know what I mean, I want to say if T.I. goes against 90% of the, of the industry, T.I. is going to win. But there's that 10 percentile. If 50 is in that 
10 percentile that T.I. just needs to look somewhere else. I think Jeezy for T.I. would be doper. Know what I'm saying? I think that people sleep on Jeezy's catalog and Jeezy has out and out, full on head knocking smashes that can compete with T.I. smashes. Know what I mean, I think that would be something dope in itself. And I believe that same thing with, no, I want to say T.I., I'm sorry, that Jeezy got popping around 05, so T.I. already had his momentum. But even still, niggas need to leave 50 Cent alone, my nigga. There's no way in hell 50 Cent competing with him. And just like that, give me a moment. I got to press pause. I got to put my clothes in the dryer. Give me one second. I'm back on track. And I mean, once I got the text showing that I had to get my clothes about the dryer to make room for the next load, I had to get up, had to get up off the mic. You understand? But I'm back on track. So another thing I want to talk about was um, Space Force. Yeah, as you can see, man, life hasn't been too exciting these days, man. We're still, we're not under quarantine, but life has changed radically and shit is still fresh and shit still ain't open and shit is just whack right now. So, anyhow, I've just been binge watching shit, getting shit out the way and whatever have you. And everybody has been talking about this Space Force show, the Steve Carell show. And I'm like, All right, I'll check it out. I didn't know what it was about, I didn't want to know what it was about. I just really like Steve Carell, obviously, because he's a part of one of my favorite movies of all time and 40 year old virgin. And he's a part of one of my favorite TV shows of all time, which is The Office. And operating in that space of being like a functional idiot is pretty much his bag. And when I'm watching Space Force, something became abundantly clear. The things I know Steve Carell for the most. Now, I know he's been in plenty of movies. I know that his cinematic career is extensive. I even believe he was on a TV show for Apple TV that I didn't get an opportunity to watch. But it appears that his best performance comes when he's like the manager or supervisor or some shit like that. Like when he has employees underneath him, but he still has to answer to other people. That's pretty much like his bag. And I don't know if that's by design or if that's just what came from even 40-year-old Virgin, how he got promoted to supervisor where he still had a boss, but then he had people that he had to uh, do their shift and shit like that. And they would send them over to him. Kind of like when, um you know, the, the uh, what is that? The, the famous scene when uh, Kevin Hart was in there talking to uh Romney Malco or whatever that nigga's name is. He's actors be having weird ass names. And he was like, yo, I, I try to talk to you like a person. Now I'm a nigga. Nigga here now. And fifty in uh fifty. Fucking Kevin Hart was like, yo, this your boy? This your boy? I'ma smoke both you niggas. Like remember that scene? He was the acting manager at that point in time. So I don't know from there he was like, you know what? I'm very comfortable in this space of just being like the manager to some shit. I could pretty much get, I can get groovy like this. So even with Space Force, Space Force is about, a, they can't call it NASA, obviously. So it's a mock on NASA on trying to get people to the moon or trying to have a, a livable environment on the moon. And in that race against China, they're just trying to get a livable habitat up there by all means. And they're doing all kind of comedic shit. And uh, Shorty from Friends is on the show. There's a whole bunch of new actors that I've never seen on the show. 
uh, the old white dude uh, that's definitely a league leader. I think his name is Fred Willery or Fred Willard. Uh, he was on the show as Steve Carell's father. And I mean, it's a semi-star-studded cast with a collective of people that you know you've seen before, but you don't know their names. And um, it's funny as hell, nonetheless. I mean, they have like the overbearing, sarcastic dude. They have the functional idiot dude. They have the screw-up dude. They have the foreign dude. Like anything to make up like a comedic show, they're hitting it on all cylinders. I won't say it's hilarious, but it's pretty good eight episodes if you have four hours to spare. I mean, it's nice and short. It's 30 minutes a piece. And, um... I don't know, man. I just really like Steve Carell. And it's funny how everybody from the office, for the most part, is still in positions of, like, work. Because being an actor is tough, man. Like, the same way you clock in, wherever you're clocking into, like, actors have to pretty much hope that somebody wants them to act like something on camera. And they have to repeatedly hope that somebody wants them to act like something on camera. For years, like, that's their career. Acting like something or someone else with hopes that somebody believes that somebody will watch it. That shit is stress, my nigga. Know what I mean? So, shout out to Steve Carell. I definitely enjoyed some of that. Um, I was also on Hard or Soft with uh, Tahoe and Orlando. Know what I mean? Shout out to Dear Orlando Roy and Tahoe TV. I definitely enjoyed myself. And them niggas is on some freaky shit. But then it just really made me think about how subjective freaky is and why we even have that term freaky in the first place there's just things that you put mental boundaries of what you will and won't do centered around maybe it's your own machismo or what you were raised to think or what you were programmed to think or what you won't allow yourself to experience now I told them that as I grow older I'll be willing to try some shit I mean the only thing I'm not down with is getting pegged that's just what it is. I don't give a fuck who tries to talk to me about it. I don't care what sex expert tries to break it down to me like I'm bugging or I'm missing out on an experience on my G-spot and all the kind of crazy shit. There will be no object of any sort going in my butthole. Even the thought of like getting my ass eaten. I'm not there yet, but I will entertain the conversation as I start to mature. Because I do believe once I'm in like another committed relationship, whenever that is, shit's starting to get boring. We know all our moves. I know how you like it. You know how I like it. All right, let's spice it up. Let's try this. Let's try introducing this person in here. All right, there's a, a whip. Let's let's start whipping each other. Let's start handcuff vibes. Or let me pour some candle wax on your inner thigh. Whatever the fuck gotta happen. But my butt cheeks, for as long as I'm alive, are off limits. There will be no manning me down, missionary, or hitting me from the back, my nigga. And to their credit, they didn't say they was down with that shit either. And if they was down with that shit, is totally nothing wrong. Everybody got to live their own life the way they want to live it. That's just not Reek style. But uh, Tahoe was bringing up interesting points on how um, how selfish men are. Uh, Orlando was bringing interesting points on how he's the GOAT and how he has women uh, doing pornos with him uh, We both was talking to Orlando About how much he just needs a fucking haircut and It's not so much a cut It's just hit the top of his hair The split ends look vicious Like he just came out of a cave Or some shit like that 
Now, I mean, just get the split end trimmed. How are you a sex symbol and you're getting all these hoes on OnlyFans? None of them own scissors. None of them are like, do hair. Just have them cut the top. Just the, just the first inch of the top of the hair, man. You just got to get that shit together. But it was a really insightful episode. It was really a look on how I view sex, how I don't masturbate and shit like that. And the reason why I don't masturbate. So, yeah, once again, the name of the podcast is Hard or Soft with Tahoe underscore TV and Dear Orlando Roy. Know what I mean? And um, last but not least, I wasn't able to talk about this before. But if there's someone older in your life, even if they're 65... Try to spend as much time as you can with them. Uh, one of my best friends in the world, uh, his aunt uh, was married to an incredible man by the name of Randy. And I was probably closest with Randy in regards to like his wife's nephew's friends. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he always gave me compliments about my intellect about how smart I was and um I always found him so fascinating and interesting we spoke about places that we places that we visited things that he used to do I was told he was a superior athlete he was pretty nice at hooping and um he always had gadgets and watches and all kind of other shit and the reason why I'm bringing Randy up one to say RIP because I was just going through my photo gallery and I took a picture with him in like December of like him and my man's um my man's aunt and like just both of them I was like yo I just want to make sure I get a picture with y'all and I have it and I'm even coming to tears even saying this out loud but that was really like my homie you know what I'm saying it's one of those people that you really even if you see him like twice a year like whether it's like cookouts or whatever it's like Randy what up it was like Tariq man what's up man yo you still in school by the way, I'm 30. I've been out of school for seven years. But that was always his question. Yo, are you still in school? I'm like, nah, brother. I've been done with school. No, you're not. Because that would be his entryway to ask me if I was going to go for my master's. And I told him since 2013 when I graduated college that I wasn't getting my master's. He was like, man, you got to get that degree, man. Stop playing. The world needs your smartness. And um, he said something to me that I really stuck with me that I'm going to carry with me for the rest of my life and it's something that doesn't really sound important probably to you but it's all the difference to me in in regards to how I think of things I was talking about clothes right because if you knew Randy he was one of those like I wear what I want when I want type of people that he would wear like a a Golden State practice jersey over a buttoned up like you you can never just get like a sense on his style he just threw clothes on based on how he was feeling that day. A lot of watches and gadgets too. Rings, jewelry, you know what I'm saying? And I was talking to him like, yo man, I feel like I'm trying to, I wanna say this conversation happened about four years ago. And I was like, yo, I heard this theory that people dress in accordance to like how they feel. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, yo, I just wear a lot of grays and I wear a lot of black and you know, I don't wanna come off like I'm the solemn dude. I feel like I just need to be more colorful in my wardrobe. So he's like, okay, okay, so what's stopping you? Just wear the shirts, nigga, what's the problem? Like, that's what he said, and that shit made me laugh. And I was like, but here's the thing, though. Like, the way I dress, and I'll share this with you guys, too. I dress like my shirt needs to match my sneakers in some type of, in some type of way. 
The shirt goes with the shoes, the pants just need to mesh with the entirety of the outfit, and then I'll swag out with the hat. But the shirt and the shoes have to go. It has to match it. And if it doesn't match like Mitch Matchy, it has to mesh, it has to blend. Like the 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 outfit outfits to me are the shoes you're wearing, the shirt you're wearing, and how your jeans fit. Point blank period. Three key principles. Is the shirt smooth or the sneaker smooth? How do the jeans look? So I'm like, yo, I, I feel as though with the colors that I want to have, I don't have enough sneakers to really incorporate the shirts. And he was like, yo, man, just wear the clothes. I was like, nah, man, it's just not that simple, man. I just can't be out here wearing lime green shirts and yellow shoes. And he was like, listen, man, when it's all said and done, who really cares? Wear what best represents you at that time. Style is always changing. Don't get caught in the particulars of trying to match this and that and that and this. I hear what you're saying. You want to you wanna make sure you're as smooth as can be, but nah, man, just, just do it. You're holding yourself back, man. Just do it. Wear the shirts. And I use that as a metaphor for everything. Just do it. Because who cares? Like, really? Who really cares? What's stopping you? Like, what is this public perception that you're trying to keep up? Who cares? Wear the shirt. And I just want to end this podcast with saying, on RP Randy, and secondarily, Whatever your proverbial shirt is, just wear it. Peace and blessings, past the dressing, and I'll speak to you guys tomorrow.